Welcome to the Fitness in Color podcast, where we follow and highlight the experiences of people of color in the wellness and fitness industry, telling their stories in their own words. People use the whole secret thing, but then don't do the work behind it, right? It's like, yes, speak it to, into fruition, but also work it into fruition, please. Like, do the work and understand that the work doesn't stop ever, ever, ever. ever. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you're doing, too, for the city, for our people, for the community. It's, it's really inspiring to see. You know. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. But I, I mean, I can say the same for you, man. I think we're both building fitness movements in different spaces, but for the, with the same cause. So that's why I'm super excited to have you on the show I and mean, to talk about Jamie Elite and Breaking Barriers and all the work that you're doing. So thank you. Yeah. So tell us what you're doing. Today, right now, we, we actually, obviously 2020 was a crazy year for everybody. And it's kind of crazy the way things worked out. I mean, I know we were in contact in the beginning of the year because at that time, you know, I've been doing this in terms of running the business and growing the business since about, uh, officially, since about 2016. At the time, under uh, Janie Lee training, and then we transitioned into the brand of Jet Boston. And at the beginning of the year, with all of the past, you know, successes that we had with our clients, with creating the community, with creating the brand, we had goals of actually opening up an additional space and keeping our Boston location. And I remember you, you, you contacted me about a, a development that was happening. I did. Uh, man. That was literally in terms of timing. I'm like, this is exactly what I was looking for. You know, I'm like, this is exactly what I was looking for. A space that is within a community similar to what I grew up in, where we didn't have access to that type of information or even that type of access to any professionals to that degree. And that location on Talbot Ave was going to be perfect in terms of the, the, the field next uh, next door and the, the mm. school next door. You know, we had all types of plans in terms of partnerships and everything that we wanted to do. So it was unfortunate in that degree that we weren't able to accomplish our original goal of, you know, opening up that additional space specifically to make it more accessible for people that might not have that advantage. But one of the things that, although 2020 has, again, just smacked us all in the face, I think a lot of people are finding some silver linings in it. And, and one being that it, it slowed us all down. You know, it, it made us reevaluate, recalibrate, and realign ourselves with either family, friends, what we do, you know, in our, our, our career, what we care about, what we don't care about. And... With that time that we had, and luckily with the community that we were able to create, we withstood the brunt of the pandemic in terms of our mm -hmm. business. Now, did it take a hit? Of course. But with us being able to transition and pivot into the virtual space and with the support from, again, we call our squad, our squadron, and, and additional people just jumping into classes and, and keeping things going, keeping things fresh, it was it was a blessing to be able to, to make it through because a lot of small businesses weren't able to do so. I think you hit it on spot on. Like you have to create community 
before anything, right? Any mm-hmm. brand, any company, anything you're building, I think if you put the emphasis on community, they will show up when the time gets tough. Exactly. And you have to be authentic about it too, you know, businesses, especially in a year like this. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like the authenticity is going to be the most important piece. You know, one of the things that I found to be, I guess, one of the biggest components to my success is the fact that, you know, I've battled health and weight issues throughout my entire life. You know, it's not just a childhood thing, it's adulthood, it's even now in my professional career. You know, it's one of those things that's an ongoing journey. And so it may sound cliche to a lot of people and some professionals may say it in a cliche way that if they haven't experienced it, they might not mean it out of malice. Their intention might be to motivate and inspire, but they don't truly understand the meaning behind it being a journey and mm-hmm. actually creating a lifestyle behind it because there's going to be ebbs and flows. And if you don't have that balance, right, you'll end up on that <laughs> that up and down uh, curve versus a, a little wave, right? Yeah. I didn't know you, did, you dealt with weight issues. And so I'd love, I mean, I'm going to, obviously we're going to dive deeper. I want to go to the childhood, but I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I grew up complete. when I was 10 years old, I was about a buck 50 and yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so my, my father just naturally, his lifestyle is a little bit more healthy. He's always been, you know, into sports. He played basketball at Wentworth. He hasn't had red meat in so long as I've been born, you know, it's all been turkey, fish, and chicken. So growing up under his household, because I grew up primarily with my father, and I would see my mother who lives out in Springfield, like on vacations and long weekends, and she would come down, etc. Uh, my mother is the Puerto Rican side. And ah. so when I go to my mom's house, <laughs> you it. already know, it's, it's rice and beans, it's, it's chicken, it's, it's meat and starch. That's all it is, right? Okay. Meat, starch, meat, starch. And with those two kind of polarizing lifestyles, you know, I would, at my father's, drop weight, become athletic, and my mother's, pick it right back up, right? And this is not something that as a kid I'm registering. I'm just, oh, mom, I can have cookies whenever I want. Like, where? Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can uh, stay home and play some video games. I don't have to go outside. Like, pops used to make me go outside. Like, mm-hmm. you're not sitting around in here. And so, you know, my, my father, at, at some point in my, my life, at the time, I didn't appreciate it, right? But he forced me into playing sports. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was right around that field near uh, South Bay, that big baseball field, is yeah. uh, where I started playing Pop Warner. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's over by Shirley Street. Yeah, 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 Exactly. And at the time, in Pop Warner, it was a combination of your age, but also your weight in terms of which team you're going to be playing with, right? The E squad being the youngest, the A squad being the teenagers, you know, 13, Mm -hmm. 14. But because of my weight at 10 years old, I had to play with the 13 and (laughs) 14-year-olds. So that, again, yeah, it was... (laughs) At 10 years old. At 10 years old. Now, I didn't really get to play, but... Just being around them and the practice and, and the, the push, the drive, the challenge, all of that was, I feel, almost like the seed and the roots to which some of the work ethic and confidence in the work that you put in 
you will then be able to bear the fruits of if you're consistent about mm -hmm. it, right? And, and, and not necessarily being afraid of a challenge ahead of you because most things, right, that are worth having are going to be challenging, right? Very it's, hard. It is. <laughs> most things, uh, the, the easy route, you know, is comfortable. And, and that's regardless whether it's in a relationship or a career or anything else, it, it, that comfort can can be can be dangerous in some sense. Absolutely, man. You sound like a wise, wise man. <laughs> I know me. it took you some time to get here. <laughs> oh man, did it? I, you know, it's it's a combination of I think in general throughout life, people that you encounter, right? I never really want to learn anything from somebody who hasn't been through anything, right? And I think that kind of stems into, again, coming from the communities we come from. Like, things aren't handed out to us. We have to create. We have to make. We have to grind. We have to do a little bit extra with a little bit more of a load in order just to get the foot in the door. So mm -hmm. that type of journey, you're going to just naturally gain insight into just regular life lessons by going through things. And again, that's mm -hmm. working outside of your comfort zone, which I find personally, I joke with one of my boys and I say that sometimes I enjoy a little bit of chaos in my life. I do want to go back though to your football playing days in Pop Warner mm -hmm. as a 10 year old. And then after that, what, what was your next step in your journey? So basically, I mean, after that initial introduction to, to football, you know, one of the things that I love about football is just initially it teaches you to be humble, right? Because at any point, from any direction, you can get popped. <laughs> it doesn't matter how big you are, right? And that's, that's a lifestyle thing that, again, you can kind of tie into. Like, you might feel like you're on, you're going, then out of nowhere, 2020 come. But after that initial introduction, the next year, I actually became more confident. I got into shape. Um, I still wasn't able to play just because of my age. But again, I had a couple of years playing with teenagers, which were adults to me at the time. And so it did something, again, to my mentality and my confidence to where I was beyond the, the, the younger teens in terms of the work that it took, the physical necessities, and... By the time I was able to play for the A-team, the two years that we played, you ask anybody in Boston about the Boston Raiders 99 team, 99. They'll, they'll let you know. The 99 squad, that, that was a squad, even though we didn't make it to Florida. We ain't going to talk about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after that, it was really high school kind of mirrored a lot of what happened still in my childhood. Yeah. Throughout high school, I played sports, I played football, I stayed in shape, I'm living with my father, I'm eating chicken, I'm eating rice, I'm eating the same stuff over and over again. Like eating pizza or McDonald's or, or KFC or any of that was like, it was only on birthdays. Like it'd be like, it's your birthday, what do you want to eat? It's like, I want popcorn chicken and I want pepperoni pizza and ice, I want the worst things possible. And then on the other side, when I would go for the summers or the winters or the long weekends to my mother's out in Springfield, it was, and to her defense, she doesn't get to see her baby all the time. You know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm her firstborn. 
you know, even in the culture too, it's all about food. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Are yes, you hungry? it's all about how hungry? can I feed you? I yeah, just want to feed. That's how they show love. It's by yep. feeding you. So yep. as soon as I get out there, it's I'm at a buffet, and naturally I'm like, let's go. I I can eat a lot. Let's yeah. <laughs> so the rice and beans and and out there we we would be active sometimes. You know, we would go play some ball and do some fishing, go to the lake, etc. But with my body type and my metabolism, because all of us, you know, are born genetically different, I can put on weight super quick. But I can also drop it the same, which is a gift and a curse. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> then, because you, then you're like, eh, I can put it on because it, it comes off pretty quick. I, I, exactly. You're just like, listen, I'll turn it on whenever I want to. Like, don't exactly. worry about it. <laughs> so. Then you get uh, to a certain age, and it's like, oh, that, it ain't it coming changes. off as quick. <laughs> and honestly, that's happened. That happened. It's funny and cliche, but it happened when I when I hit about thirty. You know, prior yeah. to that, even after during college and after college, when I moved out, now it's not that same schedule in terms of staying with my father and then going out to see my mother. It's I'm yeah. living on my own, but I'm still finding myself going along that undulating path of yeah gaining weight and then dropping it and then gaining weight and then dropping it until I actually had that conversation reflection and discussion with myself to say, if you don't address these patterns, they are going to continue throughout the rest of your life. And that is pretty much, I would feel is where the foundation of how we approach things here came into fruition, because I understand that the 30-day programs, the 45, the 60, the 90, those work. Yes, they work. You can get into great shape within those short periods of time. But what sacrifices are going to be made? What time are you going to have to put in? What effort is it going to need from you? And can you keep that up is always the questions that I ask myself. And so consistency, the marathon mentality over the sprinting mentality, right? This is going to be a long journey. Yeah. Everyone's body, schedule, and lifestyle is different. How can I make those adjustments to make it work for me? Where'd you go to high school? I went to uh, Boston Latin Academy. Played football there. Then afterwards went to UMass. That's where, yeah. you know what I mean? That's where we met. Yeah. Zoo. So it's interesting now looking back to know that you had half your life, let's call it half your life in Springfield and half in Boston, because you had a bunch of Springfield homies in college. Right, right. Because Springfield, you know, was only down the street. And it was exactly. not, it, that was easier for me too when I was out in college. It's like mm -hmm. at any point, if I felt homesick or I wanted to be around family, I'd just take a 15 minute drive and I'm just in to go see your mom. Yeah, yeah just, just hanging out. That's so that, that was always good. And then sophomore year, after the first semester, I was removed from school. Yeah, I remember. Because <laughs> you, you went to school in 04, right? Yeah, yeah. And I came 05. So we got cool that first semester. Right. And then you were gone. <laughs> I, was, I was gone. And when I was gone, I took a semester off because I was just like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I still didn't really know what I wanted to major in. You know, uh, yeah. well, initially, I actually wanted to major in exercise science, but okay. my father, again, with all good intentions, was just asking me, what, what do you want to do with that? Like, are you, what, what are you asking? What's the goal? What's the end goal? And I'm just like, you know, I'm 
18. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. I like human movement and the body and sports. Like, I'll figure it out. And he's like, yeah, we're going to plan for something else. Yeah. And uh, shout out to your dad, though. Oh, seriously, man. One of the things I love most about him is he guides. Mm -hmm. He doesn't point into the direction. He doesn't necessarily hold you back from making your own decisions but he gives you like this wide fencing he won't let you go too far off right yeah yeah but he's just like you got to figure some like one of the lines i hate the most out of anything right now is figure it out because anything i used to ask my father growing up with anything even when i knew he had the answer or knew he had the network or knew he had to connect and i'm just like pause can you or how do you in this? And he would always figure it out. I, I don't know, figure it out. And yeah. I used to get so mad at him. <laughs> but now in hindsight, anything that comes in my way or any question that I have or any issue that comes up, I automatically, it's natural, it's habit for me to just try to figure it out. Yeah. So as far as lifestyle and choices, decision making and all of that goes, it was a blessing that he was mm -hmm. that he did that for me rather than just give me all the answers. So you came back to school. What did you end up majoring in? Ended up coming back to UMass, and I had a intro to accounting class. And when I had the intro to accounting class throughout high school, I'd always just been good at math. Like mm -hmm. I took like AP Calc at BLA, so that the first year of uh, college, I didn't have to take any calculus. I could just elect to not do so but once i went to that accounting class there was one day that the professor brought in this guy from ernst and young which is one of the mm -hmm. big four accounting companies yeah and this dude is sharp you know he got his blue suit on oh he's so sharp <laughs> and he's talking about you know accountants people perceive us as these guys with the little green hat on and crunching numbers all day. He's like, I just came from golfing with the owner of the Red Sox. And so he's he's talking up a good game. And Absolutely. I'm like, oh, word. And then he's showing us in a diagram like this. If you hit the uh, senior accountant, then you get this. And by 28, you could be making this. And I'm like, well, I'm good at math. Why not? Like, let's just do this. That's how they got me, man. <laughs> they got me. They hooked me. So... I took the accounting route yeah. and ended up with an accounting degree, but then I stayed an extra two years and I got economics. So I got a double degree in accounting and economics. But afterwards, I always knew that I didn't want to do the whole CPA route, which is why I had you know, a job at WHDH as like an accounting accounts receivable and then another job mm -hmm. as an account analyst. And then I ended up at this marketing company called GPJ where I was mm -hmm. part of a small finance team doing some accounts receivables and invoicing, et cetera. And it was at that point that I had my first like steady paying salary, job benefits, et cetera. Like you said, you get comfortable. It's like, I'm not, bro. I was like 24 at the time. And you know, I'm making salary, I got benefits. I'm like, this is, this is lovely. But with that, you live that office life, you know, you got, birthday parties every other week and so there's this beer at the office there's food at the office you're sitting down all day etc and again i go back to my body type and my metabolism i could pack it on quick so i packed on like 40 
fifty pounds like easily. What? Yeah, that man. That is a lot of weight, man. I'm that thinking might... like fifteen, oh, twenty. No, fifteen no. no, is a fifteen is like a, a two two, three week thing. I could pack that on in like three weeks easily. But like this was <laughs> this was like bad life choices for too long. I'm like, I got the biggest I was was around two sixty, sixty five. And how how tall are you? Five eight, bro. And a half. Give me that half. Give me that <laughs> Give half. Me that half <laughs> five eight and a half, two sixty five, bro. That's yeah, that's that's big. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was round, man. And and I was, you know, not just physically unhealthy, but just mentally. I remember the thoughts of this is only year three. And I'm looking at some of my colleagues and they're here or been here for ten, twelve. 15 uh, years and I'm sitting here like there's no fucking way that I can do this for 15 years there's just no way like I, I there's just no way so I ended up it started off with me getting a damn membership at the gym that was right next door mm-hmm. and I just started to do what I already knew just from my sports background right I know how to lift I know how to kind of get in shape generally but I didn't really understand uh, the science behind it. And so that's when I decided to get some schooling and actually learn biomechanics and nutrition, program design, and all of these things that could allow me to do something specific to my body and potentially others. Yeah. You went to school? It was like a, it was like a six-month program that I went so. to where you know they do some... They take from the book that you normally get your certification for. So it might be the NASM or ACSM or ACE. Uh, at the time, it was the ACSM. But after you learn in the, in the classroom about whatever it might be, chapter one on nutrition, you apply that uh, hands-on into their gym. So mm-hmm. it was like a classroom gym type of thing. So we did that for six months. After that six months, I got certified through ACSM. And after that, I was still not in the shape that I wanted to be in. So before I started taking on any clients, I, again, I'm, I grew up an only child. I have a younger brother now, but I grew up an only child. So I have yeah. conversations with myself <laughs> from all, time day. To, all, all day. And I had that conversation with myself like, hey, can can I hire you as my trainer? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, seriously, because I figured if I can't do it for myself, how can I authentically say to the next person, oh, yeah, I got you, right? Oh, yeah, I can apply what I've learned and get you to where you want to be. So after I, I took myself on, I, I was able to achieve aesthetically and mentally and physically the goals that I wanted to hit, started my training at uh, a gym called Anytime Fitness out in Quincy. It's a small 24-hour gym, nice, like, family, tight-knit, oriented, small staff, which was good at the time because I got to learn a little bit slower. Yeah. And did you, at this point, did you, had you had left the accounting job or were you doing both? So at this point, I was still doing both. So (laughs) that's funny. I was actually, at the time, I would... And I didn't have a car at the time. So I was actually riding my bike from Dorchester right around, uh, what's that park? Is it Roman Park? On you the know, hill? That's in Fields Corner. 
Yeah. What's the one on Fields Corner, right? Yeah, Ronan, Ronan Park is on the hill. Yep. Right. So Fields I was corner. riding my bike from there to Quincy for 6 a.m. to like 7 or 7.30. Then I was riding my bike back down to South Station where my job was 9 to 5. Then I was riding my bike back to Quincy to do evening sessions. So I did that for like at least a couple months or so. That's dope. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I mean, that's a long ass bike ride. I mean, from Quincy to, I mean, even Quincy to, to Dorchester, because I live in Phil's Corner. That's, right. I mean, that's a troop. And then going all the way downtown from Quincy's, yeah, that's a troop. Yeah. It, it was a troop. But it was one of those things where I kind of felt that this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, I'm, again, I'm, it's a figure it out thing. I had to figure out yep. how it was going to happen. So, again, going that extra mile, doing what I need to do, not making any excuses, just starting off. And I remember after about a couple months at the new space, the owner, he goes, um, so listen, man, he's like, you're getting, you know, kind of filled up. He's like, I can get you more clients, but it's like, I need more availability. Like, I, yeah. it's like, I can't do anything else. And I remember making that decision. I'm gonna do it. So I, I gave my two weeks at at the uh, county spot, and I remember my first check, personal training full time, was like two seventy something, two hundred and seventy two hundred and seventy two hundred and seventy something dollars, bro. <laughs> Yo, I, yeah. I got I got rent at this time and all this shit. So I'm sitting there like, how in the <laughs> I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was scared, I was scared shit. But again, there was just something in me, I'm like, you know what, this is, I, I actually wanna do this, so working all day, although it's physically taxing, it doesn't have the same emotional drain that the other job took from me. Yeah. Because, you know, again, you've worked in that, in that world where it's like, I would stroll in, nine o'clock i probably wouldn't start to get to work till like 10 30 11 For you real. know do it like i used hour. to read every publication yo yo do like an hour of work lunchtime hit i'm gonna spend a little bit more time slow coming back i'm gonna take a couple bathroom breaks like what it's like you're just trying to yeah. like chop the day up because i know if i need to hit a deadline if i need to put in work it's gonna get done the work is not gonna... the difficult part and the thing is, I think I even subconsciously knew that I didn't want to be given more. I don't. I don't want more. You know, I don't want yeah. more work because then you're gonna give me more work and not pay me more, and I'm all set. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that, man. I don't. Yeah. Uh, yes. Relate to that 100. percent Yeah. So after taking that dive again, just grinding it out, man. Just living, living there, pretty much. I once I was there in the morning, I'm there all day, and the people the members the community starts to get to know your face and again people can connect with and relate to authenticity so i was never outside of who i was and because of that i was able to bring something different and new to that space so we created this whole like program called the warrior program where people you know went from one color bandana to the next based off of you know some work that they put in and some classes and this was just mm -hmm. all just, you know, you're a creative mind. You know, I have some create. It's, it's one of those things you just kind of think of things on the fly and like, hey, let's just try this. Let's just try this. And 
So I was able to be pretty successful there after a couple of years before moving on to uh, yeah. another gym where I was thrown to some real, a surrounding of experienced professionals from all walks of life, which I felt was the next step and pivot into what kind of shaped me as a professional and my career because I went from a space where there's maybe two or three trainers mm -hmm. to now like 13, 15 trainers. And there's some that are powerlifters. There's some that do animal flow. There's some that are uh, strength and conditioning and all these different specialties and nutritionists. And I'm, I'm like, I'm a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but I took that opportunity to say, bet. I got to level up. I got to level up. I got to read more. I got to find out what my niche is. I got to dive deep into what I already know and master it. And then I'm going to be like a sponge and just soak from everybody. And that's one thing that I feel that sometimes at people in general, but definitely and specifically men of color can mm -hmm. sometimes not want to learn and take in from other people you know and i'm not yeah. sure if that's just something that's kind of instilled in us like nah i got this i got this i got to take the world on my back but mm -hmm. it definitely took me a while to open up to that like nah i already know everything you know i'm, I'm good i'll figure that stuff out on my own i think it was that figure it out mentality as well uh-huh uh-huh that's, I mean, that's very interesting because you're right. We don't want to seem vulnerable. We don't want to seem like we don't know. We right. don't want to seem like you can catch us off guard. No, I so agree. I, I definitely see that because I, I remember even just thinking through like trying to put people on because I, I, I got into PwC at like 18 in an internship. And I remember trying to put people on to the internship, but it took a certain level of like vulnerability to be like, oh, I don't understand what you're talking about yes right like i remember sending these emails to men of color to, to you know to, to my black friends yes. my, my, my boys saying like hey you got to do xyz but boom and my wife maya my girlfriend at the time was like why you're would right. you write the email that way that seems so technical they're not going to even like respond to that right but it was like in my mind i'm like you're right they don't even want to like say they don't understand it you know, it's yeah. like, I'm gonna figure it out. And then, but they hide that they don't know what they're doing. And just you talking about accounting and talking about vulnerability took me back to that because you're so right. Like people don't, they want help, but they don't want to ask for help. They don't want to seem like they need help. Men of color specifically. I, I definitely think it's that, that vulnerability thing. And even sometimes just say a, it's one of these things that you don't want or feel that others have the best interests mm -hmm. for you, right? It's like ah uh, no 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 I, I don't trust I don't trust it I'm good I'm good <laughs> yeah no I know I know exactly what you mean yeah how long were you at that gym I was there for about three years and so being there I again sponged from everyone you know I, I learned better form learned better cueing uh, learned better programming even understood and learned the business side of things better because. Mm -hmm. When I was at the other gym, Anytime Fitness at the time, I'm not sure what their business model is now, but the trainers didn't do any selling. We 
only were given clients and then we just trained and okay. we put them on the program. Whereas at Commonwealth Sports Club, which is the next gym I went to, we had to do it all. And that was the first time that I had to pretty much tie in a, a, a price of value to what it is that I do. Mm. And at the time, now, looking back at it, I realized I wasn't confident enough in my own ability and experience to ask someone to be paying that for me, right? So that was the initial point where I wasn't too successful right away because they had me on a script at first, you know, I had to be, you know, do this whole checklist and all this shit. <laughs> oh, wow. You look good. And it's Maybe just, you should do this training, <laughs> man. I, and that, and again, this is where there's some areas where I'll, I'll negotiate, I'll bend, I'll compromise, but there's certain aspects where I just can't. And if yeah. it, if it means it's not going to work out, then it's just not going to work out. And one of those things was that whole interaction. I'm like, listen, I can't do the clipboard shit. I can't do the going down the list and I can't. I have to just sit with an individual, have a conversation. I have to get to know this person, understand why they're even here. You know, why do you feel as if you need training? Why are you unable to do this on your own? What is your schedule like? What do you like to do on the weekends? What are your interests in? This is what I do. Like, it's just a normal conversation so that you can gain that connection and maybe get an understanding of why. Because at the end of the day, that's the end goal. So once you figure that out of why someone's here, then you have better fuel and just better overall information to point them in, in the direction they need to go. Case in point, just on different ends of the spectrum, I had one client who was in great shape, knew what he was doing. Every time we go through a workout, he's you know, A plus, A plus. And one day I'm just like, Jim, like, why do you pay for training? <laughs> like, you clearly know how to do this. You eat well, you cook, you like, you know what you're doing. Why are you paying for training? And he's like, if I don't pay, I'm not showing up. So he, his motivation yeah. is he just needs to be held accountable. And by financially being held accountable, he shows up and gets it done. Okay. Versus somebody else might say, oh, I want to lose weight. But that might not be, the act. that's the outer layer of the onion, right? The real inner layer is, whatever, eight months ago, they got out of a bad relationship and now their ex is with somebody else. And, you know, there's, there's, there's deep man you digging deep on these conversations <laughs> i'm just saying this i made that one up but there's deep rooted <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say that's that was that's pretty specific <laughs> <laughs> listen i've had a lot of clients that could be for many individuals yeah. so I, I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I love but that. you know that was where i started to find success in being able to connect with people first and foremost yeah and then after gaining that experience, that's where I started to do some independent work on the side. Um, and then eventually just took the dive and went independent completely. I know Anytime Fitness, there are people of color that you trained there, right? They were, they were like a pretty diverse community, yeah. would you say? Yeah. Yeah. At Commonwealth, what was that diverse that diversity looking like? Um, not as because the Commonwealth Sports Club is pretty much where BU is. So I'm just 
thinking of the communities that you're in. Yeah, exactly. Um, because when I first saw that you were training and you had the gym on Boylston, I'm like, why Boylston? And now it's making sense. Because Boylston, like, ain't no black people around Boylston. No, right. I mean, so, they're close to the South End. Some in the South End, maybe, but that's, you know, it's a little further. So it's interesting to hear now. The way that it got to Boylston was the space where I got my education from that I also learned the hands-on experience, they were renting out space to train wow. people. And they're located on Boylston Street. So okay. I started doing some of my independent training and just paying like 20 bucks a session to train people there. So I would just get people, you know, from word of mouth or, you know, uh, uh, I forget at the times. Oh, there was a actual an app, a service app called Thumbtack okay. that I started using to just get different people that were searching for training so I can get a little bit outside of my network. And... I eventually started picking up clientele there to the point where I'm like, listen, I'll just go fully independent and pay for the sessions and, you know, do this on my own. But at the time, I didn't really understand the true foundation and setup of a business, right? At that mm -hmm. time, now I am a sole proprietor, right? I'm, work, I'm, yeah. I'm working for myself. I'm a 1099 and it's like, okay, there's taxes that need to be paid on this. And like, I need to like save my receipts and I need to, <laughs> I didn't know that shit at the time, you right. know? Yes. I, we're both accountants and we still, still, <laughs> and we missed, still can't figure it, it out. Me. It missed me. So, you know, there are, even in that, you know, in terms of business, I even explain those things to some individuals that I mentor in terms of what they might want to accomplish in their training career, where they want to, you know, own their own business or independent, et cetera. So I'm just like, you'll make sure First and foremost, you got your business right. So then, all right, so that makes sense as to why I saw, look from the outside looking in, was like, man, you have a very diverse client base. Yeah. Well, I think the diversity came from the, once I got a little bit outside of my network and started to branch out into those new uh, connections, you know, I was getting working professionals within that area, which although this city is majority in that area, uh, not our people, but mm -hmm. still within the working class in that area and in the greater Boston, mm -hmm. there's enough diversity. And if someone's specifically looking for somebody that they can relate to, then automatically they're like, oh, bet. I work at whatever, John Hancock, and my brother here is training right here on Boston. Like, I'm coming to you. Versus yeah, going yeah. to a big box gym or somewhere else, et cetera. Yeah. So that's how I kind of started building kind of the, the diverse clientele that I have. And then it's just, I think, even within the, the authentic showcasing of our business. Like, because of that, I show the different individuals that we have from different backgrounds, yeah. different ages. Different body types different body types, all like literally the entire spectrum, which again, I am only able to connect and, and be able to provide that, that service and education, not only because of the book smarts, but because of the experience and understanding that people at the end of the day, you know, some actually really need training and really need the education and have no idea, or they might think they do, you know, one of the, we talked about, like, men specifically, one of the things that I've countlessly encountered 
are men that come in like, oh yeah, no, I, I know what I'm doing. I do this, et cetera. Yeah. And I take them through the most basic of movements, you know, push up, squat, lunges. And I'm looking at them like, bro, you tired after 15 push up? You talking about, like, what are you talking <laughs> What you doing? And it's okay to hire a professional. It's okay to outsource to something that you may not know or may not be good in. Uh, so that's how the business got started on Boylston Street. And then, yeah. And then you start to grow because then you started adding people. Well, yeah. Team. Once, well, once I started building my business in that space and they weren't trying to at least give me a flat fee because I'm, as I'm getting more clients, I'm having to pay more per session. Oh, yes. Because at this time, you're still renting out space. You, you hadn't, you hadn't, yeah. Exactly. So after. I started getting that type of clientele. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm going to go find somewhere for a flat, flat rate, obviously, so I can potentially make a profit and grow, et cetera. So I went a couple doors down because so much of my clientele was so Makes used sense. to me being in that area. So mm -hmm. I said, oh, all I need is whatever, 200 square feet. I got my equipment in the basement. You know, I got some stuff off to the side. I started off with just a squat rack, some battle ropes. And a few dumbbells and then just space you know it was an office space mm -hmm. and all i did is i went to home depot got some mirrors put down some rubbers some duct tape you know it just started off as just a space to train it and just slowly but surely as as i started to get more clientele and continue the business i would just take all that and put it back in yeah so i just get more equipment get more equipment and improve the service you know make it seamless you know add to my education you know and then it got to a point where we were able to acquire the space next door so then i knocked okay. down the wall and that's when i had to bring people on <laughs> okay. so that's where i saw it i didn't see it before i didn't see it before um you knocked down and put the big jet on the wall yeah 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 when you came that was when we had expanded yeah because that's when i started seeing more people group training yes like, Boylston Street. Okay, let's go check it out. Yeah. Um, and I loved yeah, it. Yeah. It was dope. No, it was, we utilized that space, I mean, to its fullest potential. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, you guys you are, are creative. You already know. I mean, I, I got it all the time. Every time people came in, they're like, it looks a lot bigger on Instagram. <laughs> it does, man. You, did, you, you would use every little crevice to have someone doing something like some type of group when we do the group training someone would be doing like i don't know squats in this like little ass area uh, but it made it work man and it was good I, I enjoyed it it was fun exactly we made the space work for us and one of the things that we made sure that we focused on is again just making sure that anyone that came through those doors was leaving feeling like they got what they what they came here for or they got yeah. what they expected, whether that be a workout to feel sore, whether that be somebody to talk to. You know, sometimes sessions have been therapy, you know. Mm -hmm. There's some sessions where I'm, I'm a fitness therapist and I'm just here to just listen to them, just let it out. Or I'll just pull out the uh, ringside and, and just let them go ham for a little bit and, <laughs> you know, let, let that steam off. But. Yeah, at that point we we were on a we were on a on a roll there, you know, building up again a diverse team. Yeah. But also keeping in mind that I wanted optically for it to be a a representation of 
outside of the norm of what people are used to seeing in, yeah. in gyms and the fitness industry, right? People filtered themselves. So whenever, whenever someone came in to just discuss about potentially training here, like I could just tell right off the rip, just looking at them, hearing them talk, I'm just like, yeah, they're not going to fit. Regardless, you know, yeah. whether, and I'm just like, you, you just don't, don't have it. And so again, we were lucky enough to have the team that we did when we did, because it helped kind of propel and push us into a different realm of, again, group training. We had some MMA at the time. We had some nutrition. So we were really hitting all aspects of fitness and wellness. But I definitely, at the time, you know, rushed that process. And so now I'm finding that it is better to take things, especially when you're building a team, a bit slower and and taking them through more of of a process and an onboarding and really getting to know an individual because anyone at face value can be whomever they want to be, right? Correct. But it's not until after countless interactions and time where you start to see their true motivations and it's like, yeah, you weren't your resume. You weren't your interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, building is building a business and bringing people on and building a team is hard. It's easy to go to work and you know work for a corporation where there's like processes but it's hard even building your own or even going to work for a small business and personalities and relationships and the way you carry yourself is, is all important. So obviously whatever trials and tribulations you went through, you built a team that was, you know, good enough to scale it to where you needed more space. Yeah. And what it was is that location, the goal for, it was going to be, this is just going to be a private location for just one or two sessions at a time for this area specifically. And so that that can be used as some capital to invest more into the other things that, again, I had planned on doing. You know, I initially, before I even was on Boston, I was looking where I came from. I was looking at Roxbury, but at the time, all of the rent, like the rent was just ridiculous at the time. Yeah, you know, it was it was for for, for spaces, you know, down Dudley as I call it, you know, now now Newview Square. But you know, I'm looking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm looking for spaces in that location because I'm like, I want to I want to start where my roots are. You know, that's that's right. what I wanted to do. But sometimes you got to shift and come back. So that was going to be the goal for 2020. But now it's still not out of sight. Again, because of the support, because of what we've been able to, again, keep up within this time in terms of our professionalism, in terms of our consistency, in terms of people's relationship to the space, we were able to negotiate (laughs) a, a better rent for a space that, again, is just sometimes I, I, you know, it looks really good from here. It was one of those things where when when I was driving by, I saw it. I'm just like, ah, I'm just, I hit them up. Like, you yeah. know, it's like another thing that I grew up learning was, you know, the worst somebody could tell you is no. Yeah. You know, it's like, yep. well, no. It's like, all right, move on. But if you don't ask, not knowing is, is, is the worst, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
So uh, I asked about it, and they were telling me it was on the market, but you know, they would drop down like another thousand. I'm like, well, I mean, it's pandemic, but I'm not even gonna pay that. We gotta drop that. <laughs> yeah, tough time. Yeah, man, it was it was a tough time, and the decision to do it again, the same way that it was a calculated risk to take from leaving a steady salary paying job from an accountant to personal training where I'm going yeah. from a salary and benefits to $200 checks, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then to go from building up my clientele <laughs> at a new gym to then go independent and take everything on myself, there are calculated but still risks that are involved mm -hmm. with it. It is just the indomitable will and consistency and confidence to just keep pushing forward mm -hmm. that are going to be one of the biggest contributors to any type of success. And I'm sure you know that from experience. There's always going to be barriers in the way, right? But we got to break through them, right? You There's always going to, yeah, you got to break them. And if you encounter one of these and you just stop, you slow down, then, then you know, you, you never get to see what's on the other side. So this was yeah. another situation where we were comfortable at the old space. We were doing just fine. We could have stayed at the old space and continued to grow and then utilize that capital to still do the same things that we wanted to do, that we set out to. But this was an opportunity where I said, you know what, we've been building and grinding for the past four or five years. You know, this is a situation where if we invest into this now, the payoff down the line in terms of opportunities for uh, trainers to join the team, in terms of accessibility, in terms of uh, brand recognition so that we can build and expand throughout, potentially franchise and create ownership opportunities like this, all types of things down the line that, again, mine's on 2030 that I'm thinking about that I said this space can be the start of that, the new seed to sprout what I'm hoping to see in the next five to 10 years. So <laughs> it's a wise it, man, man. No, You're listen, a wise man, Jeff. I'm telling you, bro, it's, I was frightened, still am to some degree, right? But what powers me forward again is like you said, the community, yeah. that, that environment, uh, that support, and again, just the confidence and the experience you have and the work that you put into something. I'm yeah. just a true, firm believer that if you're really working towards something and putting it all in, not no half chips, like putting it all in, yes. and you have that mentality, like your, your imagery, right? People use the whole secret thing, but then don't do the work behind it, right? It's like, yes, speak it to, into fruition, but also work it into yes. fruition, please. Like, do the work and understand that the work doesn't stop ever, you know? Man, <laughs> you are always... just hitting it all. You're hitting it all. Yes. You feel 100%. me, man. I, 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 know, I know you go through the same things and, and mentally and, and throughout the day. So, But I, I have a great feeling about this space, this location. I have a, I have a great feeling of what's going to be coming down the line in terms of, again, the, the goal this year and ultimately is to make this knowledge and to some degree this luxury more accessible to everybody. And 
you know, I, I get it all the time from my boys, my family, you know, they're looking for it. I'm like, listen, bro, if I could get the discount on this rent, I'd give you the discount, bro. <laughs> like, facts, bro, I facts. I'm like, listen, this is just a means to, you know, uh, yeah. uh, it's a means to an end. And, and also, in all honesty, when it comes to value, right, I think you touched on this at some point I saw in one of your posts, but it's like, I, I understand my value now yeah. at this point. And not just in terms of information, like again, that education, the physical side of things, but just that, that X factor, that, that extra little thing that makes you, you, right? And me, me. That, the reason why they want you, whatever exactly. that is. Exactly. And it's not to say that I won't be accessible to everybody, but I also won't be accessible to everybody because I need my peace, right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. 2021, I was having this conversation that one of my biggest resolutions is to become more selfful uh -huh. in the sense of taking care of myself so that I can do more for others. I keep doing it in reverse, mm. right? And, and, and when you, sometimes if you pour too much, you know, my, physically and sometimes even psychologically, I haven't been at my best because I'm pouring too much without filling myself back up. And so I think that's always going to be, uh, again, not always going to be, but it's definitely going to be a priority moving forward uh, because I think that it starts from the core. It starts from you and you being able to put in more, to give more, to help more, to guide more to push more, motivate more other people. You can't do it with others if, you, if you're not doing it with yourself first. Mm -hmm. you, got, you got me motivated, man. <laughs> Listen, daily, bro, I'm telling you, this is no lie. You know, I see what you're doing. I see what the team is doing. I see even the different branches that are, that are, that are coming out from you guys. And, like, I look at it with 100% inspiration and motivation. Like, I love it, man. I love That's it. Good. And, and again, the same way that you've seen some of some of my growth, I've seen the growth with with this. And again, I see I used to see the posts all the time about Monday night runs and Wednesday night runs. I even hit you a couple of times where I'm just like, yeah. what's some other time? Because that's you, when yeah, I'm training. You, you, man, yeah, like, you hustling, man. <laughs> you would, man, I do remember that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of similarities because when I started my training, my running training, like my coaching I was in on Newberry Street. I was downtown. I was wherever. And it was only three years in that I was like, I need to be where I need to be. I need to be where we. I want to touch the people. Um, yeah. And for me, it was a little easier. And I also, running started as a, you know, something that I loved and I wanted to bring to, to the community. And it wasn't necessarily my full time, wasn't relying on it. I was actually investing into it. But I just saw what it meant to people. And I saw what it did to people. And I and this year specifically, this is the first year I'm actually going full time trying to make it a business because the community came through like we've had the best year we've ever had in 2020 because of all the work we did before 2020, all of the authentic, free, you know, just like fulfilling work that we've been doing is what has led us to, to like exploding growth and, and, and yeah. have opportunities that we are now. So 100 percent related to everything that, that you're going through. That's the piece that I think that a lot of. I'll just say new and up and coming entrepreneurs just need to understand is that old cliche of 
the overnight success is created by years of work, years. right? And putting in all of the, like people truly sometimes not just don't understand, but can't even appreciate the amount of work that gets done behind the scenes on a day to day, on a month to month, on a year to year, just to get to a single point where that whole luck factor kicks in, where opportunity meets preparation, right? And then now you're able to propel forward because you are ready for it. You have your foundation together. You have your team together. You have your morals together. You have your brand together. You have your vision and your future together. So that when that one piece of turbo gets to hit you, you just, you're off and running. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for the time, for the knowledge. Yes, I love these conversations because it helps people we dive deep and it helps people reflect in the moment right like you go back and you think of like where you were when you were doing that and it helps you reflect and it brings all this these gems and things that you didn't potentially make that connection until we were having a conversation right right and so that's why I, that's why i really love the, these conversations and i think that's why the people love these conversations if you enjoyed today's podcast please leave us a quick review this helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. That wraps up today's show. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode.